time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646 716-4972. And now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. It's Monday, January 20th, 2020. How about that? 2020, Martin Luther King Day. What a special day this is, and I want to honor this amazing leader in our nation. He's, of course, most known for his contributions to American civil rights movement in the 60s. And, of course, I don't think any of us will ever forget, hopefully not, his most famous speech, I Have a Dream, which I believe was in 1963. And I look at what he captured in that, and I study speech, study communications. It's one of my favorite things, and I study leadership. And what he did, there's so much embodied in that speech. And I like what Simon Sinek said, one of his TED Talks. He didn't say, I have a plan. He talked about, I have a dream. And I think it's great to have plans and purposes and intent and all that, but it's more importantly to have a dream and what a dream he had and how it impacted our nation. I'm so grateful to him. I admire him so much, what he did to stomp out segregation and racism in our nation. Most personally admire him for him for how he did it. He was an advocate for nonviolent methods of protesting. There's so much we can protest. It seems like we've lost that nonviolent approach. It was so effective and I admire him for so many things. And I look at a non-stirred-up call message to affect change. But thank you, Martin Luther King, for your contribution. He's one of my heroes and iconic leaders that I point to when I'm coaching and consulting on leadership, which is interesting. I'm doing a lot more of that these days. Anyway, this podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals. And we're so grateful to have you as our listener. Our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format. Love Rob Crispin for his written format, but we do it in an audio format. That's for all us dyslexics out there, <laughs> as well as those that we can get it while you're driving in anywhere, anywhere time. So we appreciate you telling others about this and being so many people right these days. What an impact this has had on them and being able to stay up on what's going on in the industry. Today, we're going to follow up. There's kind of two weeks of MBA specials. We'll be following up last week's interview with Mike Frattentoni. If you didn't hear that, a lot of feedback on this presentation. All good, very good. And they're all real. There's a couple points that people wrote me about that they want to hear Marina specialized on today, focus on. It has to do with economics, what's going on with trends with independent mortgage bankers. Of course, we have the IMB conference coming up. And it'll be full swing two weeks from today. I guess you can almost say it's a week out. This week and next week, and then we all fly into New Orleans. We'll be there for that. Marina and Mike Frantoni are going to be doing a presentation. So we're going to have Marina Walsh on here, Vice President of Industry Analysis and Research and Economics. Love her content, what she has. We're going to be talking a little bit about the IMB, probably half the program about IMB, and then we're going to talk about the upcoming servicing conference that's going to be coming up, and we're going to talk about what are some of the trends, what we can do. We're going to have Marina back on later on as we get closer to the servicing conference, but really interesting hearing her comments about servicers, performance indicators, some of the unique challenges that IMBs have in this, especially when it comes to the capital and liquidity. A lot more, so stay tuned to the Hot Topics segment. 
We are proud to be a part of the industry syndicate. A lot of podcasters all got together, took our example, launched it. We started this over 10 years ago. And so grateful for our regulars here helping us make this possible. But we've joined up with the industry syndicate and promote, they promote us, we promote them. I encourage you to check out industrysyndicate.com. I want to say a thank you to our sponsors. Of course, at the top of the list is the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. So grateful for them, as well as Black Knight, who has developed an actionable intelligence platform to deliver data that drives growth and reduces costs. Be sure to go to blackknightinc.com. Also, Open Mortgage, the leading provider of reverse mortgages, the home of some top LOs, as well as Celebrity Mortgage. Appreciate both these mortgage companies being a sponsor of the podcast and getting out. Check out our website, Licking a Lending Podcast, to learn more about both these companies and their advantages in the marketplace and what they can do to help you be successful. Also, Finastra, whose Fusion Mortgage Bot solution automatically addresses compliance issues, delivering enhanced borrower satisfaction and increased productivity. Man, we got a lot of productivity going on, but how are you handling it? How are your systems handling it? Also, I want to say thank you for the sponsorship of Lenders One. They've got their upcoming winter conference here in Miami. I'll be speaking at that, and I will be doing my podcast from there, as well as the Mortgage Collaborative. Both these co-ops create competitive advantages for both lenders and vendor members. Also, thank you to the Community Mortgage Lenders of America. Please be a part of that, as well as Ainsworth Advisors as a sponsor, as Knowledge Coop, Mobility RE, Velma, which is a virtual electronic marketing assistant, Vidyard, which is the ability for you to communicate video, your message about what's going on internally and externally using the video Vidyard platform, as well as Vendorsurf. Looking for our new vendor? Check out Vendorsurf.com. Love this thing. As well as AI Assist. By the way, we've got Vendorsurf coming up to be as a guest in an upcoming podcast. Next week, AI Assist is a great way for you to start getting into marketing using artificial intelligence and Special thank you goes out as I do each week to Alice, Andy, Alan, Joe. Thank you so much. Let's get over to Rob Van Rappforce and get to this week's MBA Mortgage Minute. Rob? Hi, I'm Rob Van Rappforce. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last Tuesday, a House subcommittee held a hearing on the OCC's and FDIC's plan to change the regulatory framework of the Community Reinvestment Act. There is another hearing near the end of the month with Comptroller Joseph Odding before the full House Committee on Financial Services. And on Wednesday, the FHFA announced Christian Carlo as the chairman of Common Securitization Solutions. CSS operates the Common Securitization Platform. Giancarlo is the former chairman of the CFTC. And on Thursday, the FHFA published a request for input on ways to better protect the GSEs and FHLB from the risks associated with PACE loans. MBA has consistently opposed the super lean priority of PACE loans and raised concerns about the lack of consumer protections and disclosures afforded to homeowners. That's it for this week. Now you're up to speed with what's happening in Washington. Yeah, I think what's significant on that is when any time FHA... Mark Calabria and company decide to go out and ask for solicit your feedback. We need to have our voices heard. That's why you need to become a part of Mortgage Action Alliance. Very good reasons to help your voice be heard. What makes it so effective is the way they designed this app. Download the Mortgage Action Alliance app. You can comment, sign on bills that are pending. You could just click a few buttons and off goes a notification to your representatives that are voting on important issues. So be sure to check it out. 
appreciate them, all that the NBA does for us. Of course, we've got Marina Walsh later on in the podcast. Let's get over to Les Parker's segment on the TM Spotlight and this week's macro view of the markets. Les? All bonds ever wanted, all bonds ever needed is here in Fed Farms. Moves are very unnecessary. They can only do harm. TM Spotlight Soundbites is brought to you by Ainsworth Advisors. Declining volatility reflects rising global debt and silent support from the Fed. Without the words quantitative easing, it provides cash to major international banks in exchange for treasury security. The banks use the cash to lend short-term to smaller international banks who lend short-term to emerging market businesses backed by long-term assets. Yikes! Someday the music will end. Stop can only do harm. These views are my own. Go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. Enjoy the silence. Ah, good job, Les. Les and Gary Kentrabone team up on that. Good job. Love that. There's a lot there. Check out the, all the comments that Les produces daily. tmspotlight.com. You can also subscribe for free. I've been doing that for 30-plus years. Appreciate him. Appreciate him as a partner in the business. So much we do together. So check him out. Les Parker, tmspotlight.com. Joe Farr, good to have you here, my friend. Hello, Dave. What do we got going on? I'm getting closed. Markets closed today, so not a lot today, yeah, but what's the rest today. of the week look like? Well, let's look at last week first. You know, despite some very significant economic information and despite the signing of the phase one trade deal with China and despite the Dow rising 500 points to all-time highs, yeah. there was almost no volatility in the MBS market. It was surprising to see. MBS prices for the week were, I think they ended the week down six basis points. So it's, you know, just a very, very quiet week. Now looking at the economic data, you know, it showed just everything that, you know, it couldn't have been much better, to be quite honest. Core inflation is tame, both at the consumer and the producer level. Retail sales in December were much better than expected, especially when you look at it excluding automobile sales. And then December housing starts were through the roof, up 17% from November. I best saw that. 2006. And so, you know, when you combine yeah. all this together, you got low inflation, which means low rates. You got full employment. You got growing inventory now, and that bodes well for the housing industry. So it was just, uh, it was a good week all the way around. Now, looking at this week, there's really not much on the calendar. Existing home sales comes out on Wednesday. There is an ECB or European Central Bank meeting on Thursday, but no major changes are expected there. There's also a Bank of Japan meeting. I was trying to think when the last time that even you know crossed the radar. That won't be a big issue. And, of course, who knows what's going to come out of the impeachment trial. Well, we kind of all expect we know what's going to come out. And assuming there's not a major surprise, that's not going to be a market-moving event over the next couple of weeks. So that's it, short and sweet. Short and sweet. Good job. Appreciate you so much being here for over 10 years. You commit to something. You commit. I love it. Thank you so much. Thanks. You bet. Thank <laughs> I love you. it. Happy MLK Day. I don't want to say MLK. It's, I want to honor that guy with his whole name, Martin Luther King. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Good job. Appreciate it. Let's get over to Scott Gordon at Open Mortgage with the Science of Sales. It's been ingrained in us since we were kids that every time someone says thank you, you're supposed to say you're welcome. It's expected. 
But what if I told you that your expected behavior is not building a bridge? One of the fundamental aspects of meaningful relationships is the understanding that you and your partner are in it together. So you help each other out with no need to expect gratitude for favors or services because you expect them to do the same for you someday. Instead of saying you're welcome, simply say, hey, I know you do the same for me. This changes the dynamic of your relationship. It builds upon the science of reciprocity and implies that you now have the relationship where favors are freely exchanged. This is a minor change in your day-to-day communication, but the results could be huge. If it sounds too good to be true, it's not. It's just the science of sales. Ah, the principle of reciprocity. I love that. Good job, Scott. Appreciate it. Alice Almy, good to have you here with us. Alice is CNB and Vice President of Education and Training at Union Home Mortgage, and she is here with this week's legislative update. And I can't wait for you to talk about what you guys at Union Home are sponsoring now. So cool. Go ahead. We Yeah, we are very excited to be a key sponsor at the Professional Bull Riders, the PBR events, and we're just so excited for this partnership. It uh, really is a great venue. There's a lot, It's a great family event. So, you know, those of oh, yeah. you who are not familiar with bull riding, go check it out. You can do PBR.com, and there's all kinds of great stuff. And, and you know this being in Texas now, Dave. Rodeos are a blast. And, you know, I was a vegetarian oh, yeah. for 11 years. <laughs> so I was worried about animals and all that. We did all the research, everything. All the animals oh, yeah. are treated well. You know, they're like rock stars. And uh, so, anyway, we're very excited and looking forward to hosting lots of events related to it. And that's so fun. i got to give a shout-out to Bryce Foster, who's one of our regular listeners. He is vice president of the mortgage division at First United Bank in Lubbock, and that's what his kids do is rodeo. You see any of his Facebook posts, it's bull riding, roping, everything else in the world. It's so much fun. So Bryce, will, uh, you'll get some extra attention from Bryce on that one. Anyway, so what's he got uh, for us this week on the legislative update? Well, first of all, I'll give you a little history that goes with today. Since it is Martin Luther King Day, I thought it would be appropriate for everyone to know what happened with that, right? So we have that July 2nd of 1964 is actually when the Civil Rights Act of 64 was signed. Now, this was significantly different than the first Civil Rights Act in 1957. The first one that was passed was actually intentionally removed to ensure that the Justice Department would be able to enforce the Brown versus the Board of Education decision. So that meant that there wasn't a lot of teeth in the Civil Rights Act for segregation at schools and in other public forums. So that was one of the key things that needed to get put into law and was done in 64. Yeah, so Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech was August 28th. Now, Kennedy had been assassinated just before that. Kennedy was a big advocate for this Civil Rights Act, for this change. And, of course, it started with Eisenhower to make this change, then Kennedy. And then since uh, with Kennedy's assassination, it was actually uh, President Johnson who actually signed it. So Martin Luther Mm. King was a big driver, as well as many other civil rights leaders, to ensure that key component was added. So a little history lesson for everybody today. And uh, that really still doesn't feel like that long ago. And we still have a lot of work to do. So We do. In any case, 
Yeah, it's always good to pay attention. So a couple of other bills that actually did get signed. So H.R. 3621, the Student Borrower Credit Improvement Act, this one is really interesting. It was introduced over the summer, but the House Majority Leader, who is, by the way, who those who don't know, is Steny Hoyer out of Maryland, he has indicated that this bill may be considered this week. And what this would do is take student loans off of credit reports when they're delinquent and defaulted. So you can imagine how that impacts how we qualify borrowers today. When they are in default, then, you know, I think it's a little, it's a leg up and it'll be interesting to see where this goes. So we'll see if it gets passed. It's odds of passing seem okay right now. Another house bill passed on the 13th. It'll require prudential regulators to report semi-annually. Now, they're already called up to Congress to report regularly, but this is trying to set a framework for when they would have to report and what they would have to report. So this is the FDIC, the Fed, the Board of Governors, Federal Reserve, and then the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency. So those three regulators, not, not, doesn't include the CFPB. And then my favorite bills that got passed also on the 13th, so they were doing a little bit of work last week, was Senate Bill 457 to create a President George H.W. Bush and First Lady Barbara Bush commemorative $1 coin. So I'm watching that one closely because I think that would be cool. So we'll hopefully see that one pass the Senate. (laughs) So back to you, Dave. (laughs) We got bull riding and coin minting going into your segment today. So good job. Appreciate it so much. Alice, thank you so much. And again, thank you for being here for over 10 years. Appreciate it. Alan Pollock is here with this week's weekly tech update. Alan, good to have you here, friend. It is great to be here. By the way, for anyone that's friends with David on Facebook, he posted pictures of his daughter's wedding and David's mouth. She looked absolutely beautiful. And you looked like you had a great time. I didn't see any crying. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I did achieve my goal of losing, you know, 30 pounds before the wedding. Anyway, but it was a great wedding. The focus is on her after all. Isn't it? Absolutely. It really was. Absolutely. Yeah. So I always I bring up Thank a quick fix, uh, fast fact. This one's really simple and easy. MLK spoke 30 times, David. He was arrested 29. So interesting fact that most people probably don't realize. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's get to the good stuff. Blend. Yes. Everybody knows who Blend is. So they yep. have released what they're calling their mortgage loan officer app. It is a complete online app. You can take an app as well Mm. over the phone, online, in person. You can use their new technology to do that. And LOs have access to track the application and other services. So why is this such a big deal? Because we keep focusing on the borrower. We keep focusing on integrations between systems, but we need to make our staff as smart as our borrowers. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to probably see more folks come out with enabling the back end, the loan officers, different parts of the process. Blend has definitely made an important move there. You want to go online and check it out. Another really interesting topic, you know, we talk about adoption of technology. We always forget, or it's the last thing we work on, ADA compliance. You know, I can't say if it's a regulation or not, but I did notice this. I was doing some research. This is from November, December timeframe. Roostify announced that they were doing some work with a company called Level Access, who is a well-known leader in making sure that the the tools online have full access for people with disabilities. You want to check it out. You know, if you think about it, technology has come such a long way for folks that 
are need ADA compliance that uh, it, there's no reason why they're not be able to buy a home and, and do other things as well. So we want to check that out. Roostify is doing really well there. Remember, the technology we use has all kinds of applications and settings yeah. and configurations for ADA and other types of special needs features. You know, David, another topic I wanted to bring up today, this one is really important, financial literacy. You know, the topic's brought up a few times. I don't have any vendor or anyone that's specific in the news, but I want to make sure that we don't forget that the adoption of technology really depends on training and teaching the folks that we interact with all the time about financial literacy. The new generations that are continuing to come up see things differently than we used to see them. And a mortgage is very different. Real estate is very different for them. They're much more careful. We've heard all the things about millennials and even, you know, super millennials. But the point that I'm trying to make is we need to work on financial literacy. That will help with the adoption of technology. It will help, actually, we can build technology to help with financial literacy, and it will make our systems much better for, for those folks. I don't know if you've heard much about it, but financial literacy is definitely a, it's a global issue. It's a big deal that a lot of people are focusing on. It is. Yeah, and the very last thing that I, I wanted to mention, just a quick little snippet, if you are still working on your 2020 technology tech checkup, getting engaged in your projects and you're looking to meet all your technology goals, something really, really important is that as you look at the, this year, you need to focus on just a few things that are important. Don't try and overtake too many technology projects. You're better off becoming the master of few. I know it's the master of, of none, but become the master of a few small items. Be really good. Understand your success metrics and really work on your team and the success of your team and even your external teams to meet those goals. If you do so, your technology will be much more prone to working the first time, and you'll be able to manage so good. The, the smaller yeah. scale and transformation that you're looking for. Yep, so good. Excellent. I mean, that's so true, and what we're seeing is there's a lot of changing going on as it relates to technology because there's so much development. Appreciate that. Alan, appreciate it. Absolutely. Hope you stick around for the whole Hot Topic segment. Good to have you. I will be. Appreciate your contribution. Folks, go check out Finastra.com. They've got some great tools and technology. There was a study done just a couple of years ago by Carlisle Gallagher that said 79% of bank customers go somewhere else for their mortgage. And it revolved around having the technology. It doesn't have to be this elegant, crowded screen. Sometimes the quicker the buttons you can just click on there to get to it. But I think the key thing that we're finding is it's that overall experience. And you look at the millennials and they're a very educated group of people. We also look at the millennials, we all think of them as these young kids running around with iPads. They're not. They're 28 to 42 year olds now. These are people working in your branches. And once you have it on mobile, Eric, you know how you can track that. Absolutely. We look at it every day. We went ahead and implemented the Mortgage Bot Mobile at Bank Midwest, started from nothing. And, and right now we're taking about 40% of our mortgage apps via the mobile. And, you know, when you look at Mortgage Bot, just talk about experience. So this has been around for about 20 years. You've got close to 1,500 customers using it. And I know there's some other vendors out there, but they've got about 50, maybe 100 customers. The technology here is phenomenal. A lot of technology going on. They've got a big release coming up of a new product. I want you to check it out. It'll be coming up here shortly. Let's get over to Andy Shell, the Profit Doctor. 
Mr. Prophet Doctor himself with a real PhD now added into the Yeah, I guess that would actually shows. be Doctor the Prophet Doctor himself. Thanks, Dave. Doctor the Prophet. Yeah, that's a little <laughs> redundancy there. Yeah, yeah. Doctor the Prophet Doctor. Yeah. So how do we say that now? We have to change that up. Yeah. So here's the deal. I've been working with companies around the country, and I'm watching year-end activity, and I'm watching people look at their numbers and grouse about the good, the bad, and the ugly. And one of the things that's coming up is this this one element of concessions. And so I'm going to talk about mm. connections, connecting things together, connections and whoops. So the uh-oh, uh-oh, what happened? <laughs> like you used to say, you see oftentimes in your MBA webinars, is what goes boom in the night? So I that's that. exactly, I love exactly right, Dave. And so to that end, the broader topic is when financial consequence may also have a regulatory consequence. So we're looking at a financial thing, but there actually might be a regulatory be aware of thing we need to be worried about. So when we, when we talk about money, when we talk about finance, when we talk about predicting the future, which is part of what finance does, we're going to be budgeting our revenue for 2020. We're going to look at what are we going to make? Because gain on sales, the biggest revenue item of a independent mortgage company. So we want to budget what we expect to generate by establishing mm-hmm. a secondary margin by product. And then that drives our gain on sale. And, and so, but what happens when the gain on sale is reduced and we don't make what we thought we were going to make? Well, that's going to be lower returns. It's going to be lower cash flow. It could even result in losing money, at least at the branch level and possibly at the company, but, but hopefully not. So why is the gain on sale reduced? What causes the gain on sale to go down? Well, one of the really common ones that people see, but it's not necessarily a big number, but it can be, and that's extension costs, where we take too long yeah. to deliver a file, and then the, we have a cost because of that. And when, when you're in a hedging environment, it's not as obvious. In a best efforts environment, it's very obvious. But the other thing, and the big number that I'm hearing people talk about is branch concessions. They're doing the 2019 year-end results, and they're looking at right. how much money they lost, had a reduced gain on sale because of branch concessions. So let's jump in that for just a second. So first off, well, just so we are all on the same page, what what is a branch or an LO concession? And in its in its simplest terms, concessions occur when when the stated rate that we establish on our rate sheet based on the product margin markups that we expect to generate in order to generate the gain on sale so that we make the cash flow to pay for our expenses so we make the money we thought we were going to make. The concession occurs when we lower the rate in favor of the borrower, which Mm. means that we don't make as much money. Now, the originator will argue that, well, making some money is better than no money, so if you don't give me the lower rate so I can give it to this customer, we're going to lose the transaction. We're going to lose the deal. You got to get give me a better rate or you're going to lose the deal. That's the common phrase. So, but when that happens, when we have a concession that we grant, that means lower revenue for us. So you can look at it like it's an expense. So when you give a concession, it's like an expense. It's reducing the gain on sale. And that can affect cash flow, can affect a bunch of other things. But the thing we got to remember is that you can't pass a concession on to originator. There's LO compensation rules that say you can't do that. So, so whenever you give a concession, it's a flat out reduces the company's income, but doesn't affect the originator's compensation. You still have to pay the same compensation rate, even if you pay give concessions to borrowers to save the deal. 
So, but here's the, here's the tricky part. Here's the connection. When we offer a lower rate because the originator said, well, you got to do this somewhere, you got save, to save the deal. What save seems the deal. To occur, yep. Save the deal. What seems to occur is there's a clustering effect. So the originators that ask for concessions <laughs> tend to be the same originator over and over and over. It also tends to be a higher volume originator that's asking for concessions over and over and over. And so when the higher volume originator is asking for the concessions to give the customer the benefit, what also we've noted is that sometimes these high volume originators specialize. They have certain niches that they support, like they may support an Asian group primarily. And so when you have an originator who supports a protected class, I can already hear Alice going, oh, no. When you have an originator who's supporting <laughs> a protected class, and that, pr that yeah. protected class always receives or frequently receives a pricing concession, mm -hmm. that is yep. now creating a, a favored disparate treatment and disparate impact, which could be a right. fair lending violation. So this, this yeah, that's where I was that's going. A, yeah, exactly right, Dave. I know you, well, you know this stuff, too, I know. I was just thinking about Alice. She's always talking about fair yeah. lending and disparate impact, disparate treatment. Alice knows it. So, yes. so this concession, though, a financial, a financial effect that we want to monitor, monitor in accounting might actually be a regulatory risk that we need to be mindful of because while the concession helps the customer that, that for the particular originator and doesn't hurt the originator at all, so why wouldn't they ask for it? But it could create fair lending risk that we need to be aware of because causing one group of borrowers to pay more, so all the other borrowers pay more, and this one originator's borrowers pay less. If they're protected class, that's a fair lending violation. So, you know, this all I'm pointing out is, hey, think about this. So, if you really want to take the deep dive, get a hold of Mitch Kider, Wayne Brodsky, or Troy Garrison, Garris Horn. Talk to these guys; they're experts in the field, and I know yeah. that they know it. So that's why I'm saying this. I'm sure there's others, but man, concessions hurts gain on sale, and it might even be stepping in a regulatory bear trap. So just be careful. And there you go, Dave. That's the proposition for today. I was I, there for a minute. I thought you just wandered right over into Alice's topic there for a while. But it's so important because the financial consequences. Of it. What's so interesting about that, Andy, is we have one client that is starting an audit today. And CFPB is in there for a reason. And somehow there were exceptions made. Now, there's been a complete change of management in there. But the former regime have made a number of exceptions that could have some financial consequences on a company that's near and dear to my heart. And uh, so, yeah, this is an important topic. We start looking at exceptions. And I love this one, Andy. You and I both have we've been consulting together and working together for so many years. How many times have, have you've heard me talk about when I get introduced? I go around to a lot of these meeting clients in the field, and they go, let me introduce introduce you to our number one top loan officer. And you know what right. I do every time I hear that? Put a bullseye in the back of him because that guy or gal is rarely the most profitable. In fact, in some cases, they've actually been costing the company money. And because they're a top producer, they're deemed and awarded and lifted up on the shoulders of the company as the best, our best, our top loan officer. Better look into it. Get a guy like Andy Shell in to look at your profitability. Look at it really and accurately. And of course, listen to Alice's segment all the time because she covers all this. But good job, Andy. Whew, that got Thanks, me. This got me all fired up. Well, good job. Yeah, love it. You love, love it. Thanks. Folks, that wraps up the first part of the podcast. So now, for those of you listening on a downloaded basis, we'll end here. And you just want to stay right on. Click on the next podcast. We're going to get into the hot topic segment. For those of you that are listening live, 
you don't go anywhere because we're going to get right into it right now. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors as we exit the program. Black Knight, Open Mortgage, Finaster, the MBA, Lenders One, Mortgage Collaborative, the CMLA, as well as Ainsworth Advisors, Knowledge Coop, Mobility RE, Celebrity Home Loans, as well as Velma, Midyard, Bender Surf, and AI Assist. Of course, always thank you to Alice, Andy, Joe, and Alan for their contributions. Have a great week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.